0: Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. Let's talk about something that has been increasingly happening to translators and interpreters nowadays. We're being targeted by scammers. I have a video on two kinds of scammers that have been targeting our industry for years, and I'll leave a link in the episode's description for you to check it out. On the video, I address the Western Union scam, which consists of a fake client Who sends you a check for more than what you had originally quoted them for a project? And they ask you to send the difference back by Western Union. And that's how they get your money and make you waste your time because the project wasn't even real in the first place. The other kind of scam that I address in the video is the resume stealing kind of scam. Someone may use your resume to contact clients. If clients bite, the scammer most likely delivers a Google translation and disappears after they successfully receive payment. Check out the video and you'll find out how to spot and report those scammers. Now, in this episode, I wanted to build on the subject and go a little further into other types of scams we may fall for, professionally or even personally. Let's start with some personal scams. These may include people who want to friend you online and try to get information about you and use it to steal your identity. Be very careful who you friend online and never give anyone your personal info. Some people may find it commonplace, but it bears repeating. Identity theft is real, and it can go from using your information for financial gain to installing malicious software to your devices and using your computer, tablet, or phone as zombies. That is, devices that will send out spam and viruses to other people, including your family, friends, and even clients who are on your address book. There is ransomware, too. When someone hijacks your computer, maybe even activates your laptop camera, and takes a picture of you, then demand money before they release your computer. That's where the name comes from. Your computer is held hostage online, and you must pay up. Ransom plus software equals ransomware. These types of scams can be initiated over the phone as well. A few years ago, we used to get a call every other week, supposedly from Microsoft's tech support. The person on the other end of the line would say that they got some notification about our computer being infected, and they'd help us fix it over the phone. A couple of times, I went as far as saying, Ha ha, sucker, we don't have Windows computers. The guy would ask if we had a Mac instead, and I'd say, Nope, we don't. They probably wanted to put my phone number on another list and start calling me from Apple's tech support. One guy actually got pretty angry at me and started yelling and calling me a liar. If you don't use Windows, you must have a Mac then. I just laughed and said, So, you're a computer guy and you've never heard of Linux? (laughs) There was silence on the other end of the line. Click. How does this tax support scam work, you might ask? They request your IP address, which is something you can verify on a website like IPChicken. Yes, you heard it right. If you go to IPChicken.com, you'll be able to see an Internet protocol address that is unique to your computer. If you give that IP address to someone who has suitable tools, they can gain control of your computer. After receiving so many of those calls, my husband, whose background is in IT, got fed up and decided to prank the scammer. He reverse-scammed the scammer by using a virtual Windows machine and getting a hold of the guy's IP address as soon as the scammer connected to the virtual machine. My husband then switched back to the main computer operating system, which is Linux, as I mentioned and got control of the guy's computer. My husband started moving the guy's mouse around on the screen and typing messages to him in Microsoft Word. That was enough to spook the scammer, and we stopped receiving those calls after that. Another personal scam that may look very convincing is when one of your friends sends you a new friend request. You may be confused at first, since you're already friends online. You may think, maybe my friend is starting a new account on Facebook from scratch, for example, and you accept that friend's request without thinking twice. That happened to me once, and it was a friend who had just lost his mother, his wife was between jobs, and he had just started a new job. So I got a private message from my supposed friend, and he asked me if I could help him out because he needed some money to pay a couple of bills but he would pay me right back as soon as he got his first paycheck. Well, I'm pretty suspicious about things like that. And before I friended the guy, I decided to go directly to my friend's existing account and check if everything was okay. I sent him and his wife a message and asked if he had started a new Facebook account. He said he didn't, so I told him what had happened and we were able to report the scammer. Turns out the fake profile had successfully connected with a few of his friends and tried the same thing on them, asking for money. It was a headache, but luckily nobody was harmed and the fake account was closed down shortly thereafter. Another scam that someone just tried on me a couple of weeks ago was a WhatsApp scam the instant messaging app owned by Facebook is very popular in Brazil and in other parts of the world. I don't see many people in the U.S. using it, but if you've never heard of it, just keep in mind that millions of people use it every day to text each other, exchange messages on groups, and send out broadcast messages to several contacts at a time. So, because I have a sort of dual verification system on all my accounts, I got an alert about a PIN being sent from WhatsApp to my email. Well, I hadn't requested that PIN, and I had had no problems opening WhatsApp recently, so I knew there was something fishy going on. Shortly after that, I got a WhatsApp text from someone I do not know, saying that they had mistyped something and a PIN they had requested ended up going to my email address by mistake. Hmm. Could you give me that PIN number, please? The lady asked. Huh, if I were in my suspicious self, I wouldn't have thought twice and would end up giving her the number. However, I knew very well that she was trying to clone my WhatsApp account using my phone number, which is public record. But in order to use my phone number on her device, she needed that PIN to validate the account. I sent her a very impolite message and told her to go try to scam someone else. Well, after these personal scams that you have to watch out for, I'll go into a couple of scams that may target you simply because you're a professional translator or interpreter. Right after this.
1: Have you ever thought about adding voiceover to your portfolio of services? Has a client ever asked you to perform a voiceover? Or maybe you'd just like to increase your confidence and explore your creative side. If you want to learn how to make the most of your voice, then our course, an introduction to voiceover for translators and interpreters, might be exactly what you are looking for. You'll learn how to set up a home recording studio, including how to select the right microphone how to record professionally, editing basics, how to produce a demo, how to get your first VO clients and more. It's an interactive course with several assignments where you'll actually record your own voice in any language and submit the audio for feedback. It also includes over six hours of video content, access to monthly group coaching sessions and extensive resources files to help you learn even more. So, if you'd like to learn how to make money with your voice, then what are you waiting for? Head on over to training.pros.com, sign up today, and I'll see you there. That's training.pros.com.
0: The latest scam targeting translators and interpreters is for a bogus job interview. I've seen two variations of this scam. One is for a medical company, and the other one is for a big book publisher. Both are fake employment proposals. The one I replied to was for a book publisher, since I work with fiction and nonfiction on a regular basis. The message didn't look very suspicious, just a standard request for information because they had a need for English to Portuguese translators. I thought the direct email was a little unusual, since big publishers tend to post open positions to their website, or they post a given project to a job board, so they can receive applications from candidates. I thought, well, maybe a fellow translator shared my email address with a recruiter because they know I work with book translations. Still, I was on high alert throughout the entire process. After we exchanged a couple of messages and I sent the recruiter a copy of my book-focused resume, we were supposed to have a phone interview. The next message I got was about how the person who was going to interview me had something urgent to take care of, so they wanted to know if we could do an interview on Google Hangouts instead. That's pretty weird, I thought, but I wanted to see how far that would go. On the day of our so called interview, the person on the other side of the screen seemed to be copying and pasting the questions. I answered them, which were pretty generic things about my professional background. I said I had already sent a copy of my resume and a cover letter, and most of the information they were requesting was already there. They kept going, and I started getting annoyed because. They were clearly wasting my time. I started asking questions, wanting to know about payment terms and whether they offer employee benefits, since they kept mentioning that it was a full-time position, not a project-by-project basis. They were promising me the world, and, you know, when it sounds too good to be true, it's because it usually is. The person interviewing me said that they needed to check something with the supervisor and would be right back. And that's when I decided to end that bogus interview right then and there. I spoke my mind about how they sounded like a scam. I walked away from that puzzling interaction, unable to figure out exactly what the point was, because none of the information I had provided them would get them anywhere as far as identity theft. It was just a waste of time, really. Then, talking to other colleagues who had had similar experiences while being interviewed for a potential high-end job at a medical company, they said that they went on to phase two of the interview process, and their potential employer needed a copy of their documentation in order to attach it to the employment contract. So, that's what it was. After that preliminary interview that wasted my time, they would ask me for a copy of my passport and or driver's license and then proceed to the identity theft scam. So, if the offer sounds too good to be true, watch out because it's just a scam. A good way to try to spot scammers is to ask for their full information. Odds are they're using a free email account, Gmail, Hotmail, Yahoo, for example, or something that may look like a legit corporate account, but with a typo or something else between the company name and the dot-com that doesn't quite match the official company's domain name and website address. And if they give you their phone number, they most likely won't answer any calls. They may resort to only texting you, so it seems like there's someone there. But phone numbers can be spoofed, so don't trust that kind of interaction blindly. And if you ask for a physical address, they may give you a fake one too. Or even the address of a UPS store or another company that offers P.O. box services. But the store address looks like a regular office address until you google map it to find that it's not quite what it seems. One thing I do, especially if the fake client is pretending to be from a translation agency, is to visit pros.com and check if I can find anything about the potential client on the pros blueboard directory. If they're there, I try to contact a project manager that already uses pros to find translators. Odds are, They'll have no idea about the project that someone was trying to assign to me. And the blue board directory is also a good way to find out whether translation agencies are good payers, too. Other translators and interpreters can share their experiences with that given client, and if the experiences have been positive, your potential client will have as close to 5 points as possible. If the rating is closer to 1, which is the lowest possible, you know that other people have had their share of headaches with these clients. So it's best to avoid getting a headache yourself. Send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation confessional. I look forward to hearing from you.